Hi, and welcome to the My RV Broker Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Upham, and I believe that everyone who buys or sells RVs should be empowered with all of the tools necessary for a great price and a great experience. This podcast provides advice for the RV lifestyle using RV research, education, and experience to help you buy or sell your RV without being taken advantage of. For more information or for help with your next RV experience, feel free to contact us at myrvbroker.com. Well, good morning, RVers. This is James here from My RV Broker, and I hope you're as blessed as I am today. Um, I wanted to come back to do part two for the selling my RV. I wanted to break this up over into two different sections because um, although I'm only going to provide you with five more tips, I just wanted to get to the point a little bit quicker, and sometimes I have a Tendency to ramble, as you know, (laughs) and that could be good or bad depending upon the subject. But let's get started. I want to go ahead and let's review real quickly on what had happened in part one. In part one, I listed for you and explained five different things that you should do before the sale, and that is that you should go to the NADA website for a general idea of value of your RV. I encourage you to take good pictures and add a splash of color where you can um, to clean and detail the RV and just get it ready for show. Meaning that if you walk into an RV show, you want it to look like that. It looks good. There's accents. There's colors. Everything has been cleaned up. Everything has been fixed to the extent of which you are willing to or can fix it if there's something that's damaged, etc. Just make it look really attractive for the potential buyer. Uh, Number three, research what dealers are selling in similar RVs and just ask below their uh, average if possible. I went through that in the last uh, last uh, part one, I should say, in the previous session. So if you haven't heard that part, please go through that. I, I did explain that a little bit more in detail. Number four, be reasonable with the buyer and show good faith. I encourage you not to require a deposit, but to get something in writing. And I'll go through that again, of course, in the previous session. And number five, which I think is good a good life lesson for us all, which is to be completely honest about the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, everything about your RV. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now as we move into part two. Let's go into the five steps here, or this could be technically step six, but just to keep it easy, let's go because it's part two and we're starting a new segment. Let's go through uh, one through five as I've laid it out here. Okay, so part two, you've already done all of uh, what I've suggested you to do and more probably in part one. Again, I'm trying to give you a concise, easy way, a, a general outline, if you will, to follow when you're deciding to sell your RV. Uh, and the first would be that you don't want to get your RV inspected for the buyer, because they won't trust you. Now, I do see a lot of people will post and say it's been inspected. My gosh, there's a lot of dealers out there who are just amazed at the fact (laughs) that I insist on an independent party or a third party to come in and provide an inspection for the buyer when I'm representing them as uh, an RV broker. Excuse me. Um, What happens a lot of times is you go in as a seller and think, wow, this is going to help benefit me and show in good faith, if you will, that there's been an inspection and they'll make the process go a lot simpler. But the the issue is with all of the stuff that we've already seen out there. Guys, how many times have you looked at websites, RV Trader and these others that I've mentioned, or even Facebook, uh, Craigslist? Uh, whoever uses those still anymore, I don't. I pretty much use <coughs> Facebook Marketplace. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I don't know what's going on with <laughs> my voice this morning. Um, but that said, 
There's so much fraudulent activity going on out there. Nobody trusts the seller. And um, there's good reason for that because there's a lot of shading and scrupulous people out there, right? So if you go out and spend an extra five, six, eight hundred dollars and get it inspected, well, you're just wasting your money because a lot of times that can show yourself to be show the buyer uh, a red flag if they're um, been through a bad experience and or uh, they've read a lot of these blogs and been a part of these these groups here that will suggest that you get your own inspection. And by the way, <clears throat> always encourage that, or I should say, if there's nothing wrong with the RV. And remember, the RV inspector's job is to find something wrong, right? It's like getting your house inspected, and sometimes the buyer will come back. And say, hey, we need all this work done. And you'll say, well, here's the thing. I dropped the price to this this amount here to make to make some concessions for any work being needed. Uh, we've evaluated along with you that there's X amount of dollars that needs to be um, repaired and fixed. Uh, and that falls within this price range that I lowered to. So we want you to take care of it. In this market, you don't have a lot of pushback. In previous markets, you would. Uh, but I think it's really good to go along with and encourage uh, once somebody has decided that they are going to get an inspection, do all you can to accommodate. That'll really help the buyer show you that you are acting in good faith. Uh, number two, prepare a bill of sale and make sure that you include, quote, sold as is in the language of the contract. Now, this could be very simple. Some states only require a title. Uh, transfer of the title. And of course, if you're borrowing uh, or if you're putting a lien on it or you're getting a loan, I should say, it's another way to say it, um, then it's going to have to be transferred over to uh, the lien holder. But the reality is that if you're going to pay for it on your own and do this as a transaction that you're selling, uh, then a lot of times it's good rather than just transferring over the title. A lot of times it's really nice to have a bill of sale. Some states actually will require it, but not as much, uh, not as many out there. I like to have it because it does protect you as a seller. And in that you write the buyer's name, the odometer, all the stuff. There's some good generic ones to use out there. Of course, if you're interested uh, and I can help you with that, I'd be happy to send you just kind of a generic copy of, of the ones that we use. Um, that will, of course, have something additional in writing for you. And the as-is is really important. Uh, even if there's an extended warranty that you have on it, you need to make sure that you're writing it's being sold as is. And what that does is it helps to get you out of the picture in case there are some warranty issues that uh, the warranty company can provide. So don't forget to do that. All right, number three, allow for buyers to hire an inspector, as I said, and be ready for them to try to negotiate you down. I mentioned this already. Um, and need some work and have a couple estimates ready or simply fix it before you sell. This goes along with um, number one, but I, the, the point I'm trying to make with this one is it is a lot easier and a lot less headache if there's something minor for you to go ahead and fix it. Um, because, you know, everyone who is buying it is going to probably inflate that price or whoever the inspector is may inflate the price for what the repair cost will be. I recommend that you do that. Uh, or if there is something that you're aware of, of course, you've already exposed that. You've told them, hey, this needs to be fixed or it's a new set of tires, let's say. And you've already, in this case for number three, you've done some of your own research and you've already estimated what it's going to cost. So if they come back, for instance, if a new set of tires going to cost $2,000 and they come back and say, I need a new set of tires based on what the manufacturer's recommendations are, and it's going to cost $3,500, you can very easily say, actually, here's our, here are some of the even local areas where I've been to, or here's the website address, um, and you could actually get that for $2,500, not $3,500. This is, again, just another way to help protect you as a seller. 
Number four, when receiving payment, this is huge, guys. This is something that I think is very, very important. You want to always emphasize a wire or go with the buyer to the bank, right? Uh, the reason is cashiers, checks, <clears throat> um, any kind of certified checks, those were golden back in the day. But these smart, fraudulent people out there have figured out ways to make it fraudulent. It is difficult to do. But it is certainly an opportunity for them to try to do that. And I like to just avoid all that and really push hard for a wire. A wire is pretty much the safest way to go. Um, and by the way, if they are wiring it, uh, we want to make sure that the funds are in the account or they can be verified by your bank before you sign over a title. You don't want them to drive off with your title uh, in hand. Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, we find out that the wire hasn't gone through. Initiating a wire and then and then having the funds confirmed, those are two different things. So just make sure the funds are there. Or if it's a cashier's or certified check, we want to make sure that the funds are there available and to be deposited into your account uh, before you send them on their way. Um, most people, I think, are good and honest out there, but these are just different ways so you can protect yourself as a seller. Number five, never ever sign over the titles, of course, until uh, they've been verified and make sure that you have insurance on the RV before as the buyer, before and as the buyer takes possession. I, I, you know, a lot of people will say once you sign the title over, make sure that the RV is, you know, not insured and they need to have their own insured. I always like to give myself a little bit of protection in case there's some snafu. And there is uh, somehow a way for you that you had to, by law, let's say, um, purchase back this RV. It's rare, but I always like to make sure that you've got coverage in the event that um, you know something like that does happen and so that you don't uh, have to inherit a wrecked RV or some sort of problem. So I like to have that. Talk with your insurance agent. I'm not one of those, of course, uh, but talk to your insurance agent about that. But I always want to make sure some people will stop paying uh, RV insurance when they put it up for sale or as the buyer is getting closer to um, purchase the RV. And unfortunately, um, there's been some horror stories out there about it, uh, where, you know, things have happened or broken, you know, broken or have been, um, accidents, whatnot. And you just want to avoid all that. So I like to have those, um, for you. So let me recap. Uh, and one other thought before we close number one, part two, of course, is don't get your RV inspected for the buyer, save your money. They won't trust you. They won't trust the inspector. Um, and uh, make sure that you are agreeable, and we'll go over that again in part three, but make sure that you do what you can to accommodate them. Number two, prepare a bill of sale and make sure that you include the sold as is in the language of the contract. Number three, allow for the buyer to hire an inspector and be ready to have them negotiate you down on, uh, at price um, if they find something wrong. But because of that, um, we are going to, of course, go out and do research on your own as part of number three, and have estimates ready before you sell. Uh, of course, one of the easiest ways to do is just simply have everything fixed or let them know what needs to be fixed in advance and then make a concession on price if you just don't want to deal with it. Number four, wires are best. Cashiers or certified checks uh, will work too, but be careful as they are not fraud proof. And number five, never ever sign over the title until the funds have been verified and be sure that you have insurance on the RV um, as the RV 
um, buyer takes possession. Once the buyer has taken possession, the funds have settled, the transfer, the title has been transferred. When all of that happens, of course, yes, remove the insurance. I'm not suggesting that you take all the insurance and keep it on there for a week after somebody buys it. We just want to make sure during that interim, for instance, when we're waiting for the funds to be verified, if it's over a weekend, etc., we want to make sure that you have insurance on it or at least be able to retroactive it back. Um, and again, that's something you should definitely talk to your insurance company about. Uh, but I just want to put it out there as just a couple tips. All right. Well, there we go, guys. I hope that that helps. And if there's anything else I could ever do for you, or if there's just, if it's too much of a headache to try to do any or all this on, on your own, you want to hire me uh, to do some of the consulting and, and uh, groundwork for you, I'd be happy to do so. You know how to reach me, james at myrvbroker.com. Uh, and if not, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. And if you have additional questions, feel free to reach out to me because, you know, the selling process can be sometimes as scary as the buying process. And uh, on a daily basis, I'm helping people buy and sell RVs and the trade in values are getting worse and worse. I think I mentioned this on a previous uh, episode. What happened a lot for the last year or more, uh, a lot of RV buyers were buying um, RVs at auctions and such and from other from other dealers at uh, high or close to, in some cases, at retail value. Um, and so what they've done is in order to help to compensate for that, they've uh, lowered their trade-in values because of the fact is they're starting to get more inventory. Things are starting to settle out a little, certainly a lot better. And um, my point is, is that you, you could and should sell your RV retail if you can right now because you'll definitely get more for it than a trade-in value. Uh, and of course, that might be a scary proposition for some of you, and I'm here to help if that is. Uh, but it's certainly something you can do. And hopefully those uh, top 10, or I should say, I don't know if they're top 10, but those those 10 points should hopefully help you along your way. Thanks and God bless and get out there and RV. Take care.